Excellency, fiddlesticks. Hey, how are you? Welcome to episode 38 of the Excellency Fiddlesticks podcast. I know it's been a while, but so many things have happened since the last time I uh, put a show together, so there's a lot of things to talk about. Uh, before we get into that, first things first, uh, Amazon.com. We all know about Amazon.com. We all use Amazon.com. We all love Amazon.com. Why? Because you can get anything you want. I mean, seriously, there's nothing really you could think of, I imagine, that you couldn't get on there within you know the, the bounds of legality, let's say. And it's simple. It's a website. They'll deliver to your house. They're going to be sending drones to your house pretty soon to drop the thing off in your driveway. Maybe kill a dog. Who knows? It'll be fun. But the point is, you can sit on your butt in front of your computer or from a mobile device, anywhere you want to go, fire it up, order something, and get it. But before you do that, before you go to Amazon, go to my site, jtbishop.blogspot.com. Go there first. Then you'll see a banner, which will take you right to Amazon. And then it's as if it's as if nothing ever happened. You do your shopping. You buy your trinkets, you buy your, your music, you buy a lawnmower, you buy a bottle of wine. Anything you want. Anything you want to get. Buy it. And when you do that, the show gets a little bit of tiny, tiny, tiny bit of love. Very tiny, but still every little bit helps. The show gets some of that love. And it's a win-win for me and you and everybody. But we all win. Let's dive right in. So many things have happened since the last time um, we had a show. Um, some bad things. Like, for instance, um, I'm sure you recall the the German flight which crashed into the Alps. Uh, horrible story, right? Ho- plane crash is bad enough, right? Um, you know, it happens. You know, plane travel safer than driving a car, safer than walking down the street. Everybody knows the statistics, and all those things are true. Uh, it was even more uh, tragic when it was discovered that the pilot uh, did it deliberately. Basically, one of the pilots got left the cockpit. And uh, the door seals, and as it was since 9-11, the doors have become so reinforced that you can't get back in unless somebody lets you in. Well, the guy didn't let the other guy back in, as you know, and the guy who was uh, left in charge of the plane had a death wish and uh, carried it out. Now, as I've always said, the, the, the tragic thing about this, if you feel at any point in your life that you feel like you don't want to be part of this anymore, you want to check out, you want to shuffle off this mortal coil to whatever the next realm is, if it's the pit of darkness or if it's a 72 virgins whatever you think it is you can't wait anymore you've had it with this existence you want to get to that spot get some help first first of all get some help there's a lot of help out there you can talk to people about things you can sit in a therapy room you can pay a lot of therapy you can get put on some really good drugs you can get some maybe legal cheaper drugs you know um, which may not exacerbate the problem and make it easier I think uh, I think in a case like this, uh, I think suicidal people should probably smoke a little weed. Might be might help, might be helpful. Drinking probably won't help. I think drinking might might make those things worse. Um, and a lot of the drugs people are, are given can sometimes make things worse. The point is there are other options, right? Do those options first. Take a shot at the other options. If you've exhausted all of those, and you said, you know what, doesn't matter, still want out, I'm still finished. Uh, you know, there's a bunch of crappy things in my life, whatever it is, uh, things are going wrong. And you feel that as part of that, you need to take some people with you. Okay, that's where I have a, that's a little gray area. You know, if you, you're done and you want to shuffle away, you want to get the hell out of here, fine. And you've exhausted all the options, like I said, fine. 
maybe maybe we're better off without you. Hit the road. If you're going to decide you want to take people with you, do me a favor. If you're listening to this show and you're feeling this way, before you kill them, kill yourself first. Then kill them. You see how if you switch the order around, everybody wins, right? It's a terrible story, and I, I hate to talk about it. Um, but so let's move moving on to another uh, thing in the, in the realm of, of air travel, uh, which which happened uh, recently. I guess it happened a few months ago. Um, we've all been there, right? You've you've been on a plane before, you've, or you've been in a public in an area where you are um, stuck. Let's say you're in, unable to get away, and you feel the familiar rumblings of something's not right down below. If you know what I'm saying, something's wrong gastrointestinally, things aren't working out. And, you know, you hope like hell that you can maybe stem the flow, stem the tide, and get out of this gracefully, or at least save it so you're in a place where you can be um, comfortable or safe alleviating the problem, right? But what do you do if you're on an airplane? You're on an airplane, you're on a a flight that's going to be seven hours. Okay, that's seven hours. I, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but you're not holding that off for seven hours, especially if it's something bad, like diarrhea, which is what this poor soul uh, had to encounter. Now, he ends up getting up there. Now, you've been in airplane bathrooms, right? They're about the size of a, let's say, a really small broom closet. Uh, there's not a lot of real estate in there. Anyway, there's not a lot of real estate anywhere in the plane. That uh, I'm assuming this wasn't a first-class bathroom. even if I'm not sure how big those are, but you're basically not working with a lot of room, right? You've got a pretty much, and you've got a little pit there that's there and it doesn't really flush as much as just air vapor the things away from you and who knows where they go after that i mean it kind of just sits around you've heard stories of they drop things out of the plane and like they, they freeze dry it and drop it over a field somewhere it's it's just it's it's really great you think by now we would have progressed farther in that in that realm of of uh airborne um expelling our bowels and such maybe not anyway this poor bastard uh, I don't know his name, and I don't want to know his name. I don't think this this poor guy's name should be out there. I, I feel sorry for the guy. Uh, he essentially had a, a super super bad case of uh, of intestinal, let's say, um, distress. Uh, he goes into the bathroom. I guess he waits till we're safely at a certain altitude, uh, thirty minutes into the flight. Uh, we're at a safe altitude, or. He manages to get in there because eventually, you know, you can't even get up. At some point, they don't let you get up. Now, imagine if you're sitting there and you see your seat squirming, literally squirming because your insides are about to explode. And you can't get out of your chair because the sign is on, the, the light is on. It says you got to fasten your seatbelts and you better stay there. And there's people going to make sure you do that. Eventually, this guy gets into the lavatory, let's call it, and begins his, uh, the onslaught begins. And let's just say it, it, it was probably way more than this tiny space could handle. So much so, in fact, that the, by all accounts, the entire uh, restroom area, as such as, as it were, as it was, was basically just like a Jackson Pollock painting. It was completely obliterated. Uh, as you can imagine, the scent of this would eventually waft out to the general passengers of the plane. And where's it going? You're in a plane. People used to smoke on planes. Wrap that around your head for a second. And just imagine you know, how uncomfortable that is if somebody is smoking maybe 10 rows up. That is not, there's not going anywhere. The stuff just kind of lingers and gets recirculated. Imagine that smell being the worst possible thing you could possibly smell, which would be just like an entire cesspool, right? This is in a plane. How bad was it? Well, it was so bad. Thank you for asking, Johnny Carson. It was so bad. It was so bad. It was so bad. They turned the plane around. The plane had to turn around 
They're now they're only thirty minutes into the flight. They turn the plane on. Basically, this guy's intestines were on par with a terrorist attack. You know, luckily, nobody died, but he was able to get a plane to turn around. Hijackers can't get a plane to turn around. This guy's intestines and explosive asshole did so much damage. He got the plane to turn. Now, I can't imagine the embarrassment this guy must have felt because th- this is—it's literally something that's out of your control, right? Whatever you maybe ate something bad before the flight. Who knows? But it chose to strike him at this possible time. Uh, it's got to be terrible. And not only that, I feel bad for that guy, but think about the real hero in the situation is that some poor person had to actually clean that bathroom up. Now, you know the guy who did it's not doing it. Somebody's job was to go in there and clean that up. So next time you're sitting there to yourself and you're sitting there at work on a Tuesday afternoon and, and your boss is piling shit after shit on top of your desk and you think everybody, you know, your job sucks, your life sucks, think about that guy. That guy who had to clean up that bathroom, which was painted with exploding fecal matter. Uh, horrible, horrible flight. And I can't imagine, the, 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 the pilot actually have to make the announcement. And he is said to have used the phrase by people who were there. He said, quote, liquid fecal fecal excrement. I can't even say it. I can't imagine him in the pilot voice being like, uh, this is your captain speaking. Uh, we've had a problem on the plane. Uh, there was some leak liquid fecal excrement. And they're like, what? We're going to turn the plane around. Oh, my God. Uh, thankfully, they turned the plane around. I guess everybody got off. I don't know if the guy was banned from the next flight. I think by then, I, I would say he's pretty much finished. He's probably nothing left inside of him. Uh, just, a, just a horrible story. I never feel bad for that. So let, let's get a, let's get a feel-good story in here. Let's make somebody feel better. Uh, elephant poachers. We can all agree they suck ass, right? Everybody hates elephant poachers. It's it's really terrible that these these big majestic animals are being hunted almost to extinction only for their ivory tusks. Apparently, the ivory trade is so rich and lucrative that people will kill these animals just to pull their tusks out and, and make things out of them. It's terrible. It, it's gonna you know we're gonna look back one day and people are gonna look back on this and this and say you know why did we allow this to happen? I know there's a lot of other problems in the world, of course there are, but guys killing elephants are assholes, right? Well, luckily, fortunately, an elephant uh, managed to strike back. Uh, Ian Gibson was a professional uh, hunter, and uh, he was a, a trained, he was a trained hunter, who basically hunts elephants, which, how hard can it be to hunt an elephant? I mean, it's not like you can't see them a mile away, you know? I mean, they're, they're really big, right? I guess there's some skill to it. I shouldn't uh, denigrate them at all. I just think that they're, they're scumbags for doing it. Um, but fortunately, and I say fortunately in this case, uh, the, one of these elephants decided, you know what, enough is enough. Uh, this guy was out with some clients. Apparently, he would take clients out there, and they'll go on a hunt together. So this rich asshole gets the uh, apparent pleasure and, and excitement of killing a you know a, an elephant, which woo, big deal. Uh, they were scouting this one out, and they're looking at his ivory, and they were they were doing this for five hours. They were on a tracking this one for five hours. They want to take a break because the client got tired. Oh, poor baby got tired. Uh, the the guy Ian, who's the hunter, who felt you know they were close to the elephant. Um, he and his tracker continued to follow it in hoping to get a look at the ivory, get a close-up look at the ivory, at the, the treasure, the bounty they were going to reap from this animal. They stayed around and rested. Uh, the bull said, you know what? I'm not going to put us with this shit. They were about 50 to 100 meters away. The bull turned and started charging at them, right? In this case, what do you do? An elephant is charging at you. I imagine he's going to make up the ground between you and him pretty quickly because he's got he's just big, right? Uh Ian and Robert, who was his tracker, were shouting at the elephant in order to stop the charge. And at a close range, Ian decides, I'm going to take off a shot. And he shoots the elephant, which the elephant says, big deal. And the elephant killed him. And a quote-unquote by somebody who was there, the scene was very graphic. To this I say, good. 
and not a single fuck was given that day. Fuck this guy, and fuck these people who kill these elephants. Maybe the other people now who are going to do this, maybe they'll look at this guy and say, you know what, maybe this isn't such a great idea. Maybe it's not worth it. Maybe it's not worth doing what we do so one of our friends gets stopped. So, you know, I know it's supposed to be all human life, supposed to be sacred, but I seriously, this reminds me of when Bin Laden died. The world is a much better place without this motherfucker in it. So, moving on. Hit the road. Adios. Bye, Ian. You dick. Speaking of other people who are senseless, uh, you ever been to Applebee's or, or uh, one of the whatever the the chain restaurant is? You know, there's millions of these restaurants. TGI Fridays, Applebee's. It's basically the same shit. You have the same restaurant. They got stuff on the wall. They serve burgers and fajitas, whatever. It's all pretty much the same crap. I, I I go there, you know, and I eat the food there. It's not. I don't think it's bad food. It's not high cuisine, and it's not Taco Bell. It's somewhere in the middle, right? It's not bad. But one thing, if you know, if you ever get it, if you ever order fajitas, or if anybody in the in, in the restaurant orders fajitas, right, you know about it because when they bring it out, you hear that sizzling sound. You hear it from thirty feet away. It's it's just, why is it sizzling? If they deliver it in an iron pan, that's on a thing. It's frigging hot, right? It's super super hot. Everybody knows this. Again, people who didn't order it know when somebody near them ordered it because you can hear the guy coming down out of the kitchen, walking through the aisles, whatever, and his thing is on fire. You would think if you did order this, and even if it was your first time ordering it, you'd say, well, what's that noise? When they put the thing down in front of you, they go out of their way to say several times, hey, watch out for this. It's very hot, as you can obviously tell by the incredible sizzling sound you're hearing, and the fact that there's you know steam rising off the plate. They tell you that the pan is hot, so you don't touch the pan. Right? They, they put it on something to make sure... You don't touch it. So it's pretty clear. Don't touch the friggin' pan, right? It's, it's, it's you know, you, just, you tell a kid seven times, hey, don't touch that, don't touch that. I can see if it's a five-year-old kid. Well, this guy, uh, the guy, Hiram Jimenez, he was in a West Hampton, New Jersey, um, Applebee's, I believe, yes, back in 2010. He ordered the fajitas, because why not? And I think with a name like Jimenez, he probably is very familiar with fajitas, uh, being he seems to be Hispanic, and these are Hispanic food, apparently. So it's not like this is some crazy, strange, new ethnic dish. I've never, What is this fajita you speak of? He knew what he was getting into. Uh, the story he gives is that he bowed his head to pray before he eats, which you see all the time in Applebee's. It's a freaking religion fest. Uh, and as he did that, he hit his head on the plate of the white-hot plate of meat. Then he says he heard the loud sizzling noise, followed by a pop noise, and felt a burning sensation on his left eye and his face. So he didn't hear the sizzling. He didn't hear the meat and the onions and the peppers and everything sizzling on the plate. No, what he, he didn't hear anything until he heard his own forehead sizzling on the plate. So this guy's got serious hearing loss problems, or he's just an asshole, or he's making the whole thing up. You decide which one it is. I don't know. But you know what? He took it to court. He took it to court because he said he had serious and permanent injuries solely as a result of the negligence of Applebee's. That when he came into this hazardous condition, a plate of hot food. Now, I guarantee you, like I said, every time you bring these things, the people go out of the way to tell you it's hot. It's hot. And derp, common sense, unless you're deaf, which I don't think this guy is, you can hear the sizzling. You know it's his. So I think he was full of crap. A judge disagreed. This thing got to trial, believe it or not. This is why people wonder why the court system is clogged up and why it takes... You know, the Boston Marathon bomber a year and a half to get before we can get him to court. This is shit like this is why. Because you can't get to court because there's stupid lawsuits like this clogging it up. Two-judge panel heard it, said, you know what? You're out of here. You're full of shit. Uh, they said the restaurant said did not need to warn him against the danger that is, quote, open and obvious. Yes. 
That's true. It's an open and obvious danger, and if you didn't hear it, you're an idiot. So, I mean, bravo to the judges who threw it out, but again, why does this crap even get into the courtroom? That's the problem. Uh, speaking of unnecessary things, these segues are just flying fast and furious here. We live at a time where people decide unnecessary surgery is, is probably at an all-time high, right? And I'm not talking about um, people getting gallbladder, stuff like that out. That's probably necessary, and yet I don't think people do that willy-nilly. It's more the cosmetic variety. And I think what people tend to forget is that cosmetic surgery, you say, oh, it's fine, I'll be dealing with getting a cheek implant, I'm getting a, a tushy tuck, a butt lift, whatever the hell you're getting. It's still surgery. And anytime you have surgery, there is a danger of something bad happening, right? I mean, look at Joan. Joan Rivers just died. I mean, granted, she probably had 100 surgeries in her life, and the 101st one, they got her. But shit can happen. Bad things can happen. Anytime you go under anesthetics, bad things can happen. Anytime someone takes a hot knife to your flesh, a bad thing could potentially happen. Uh, but boy, what a, if you... A woman in Miami, 28-year-old woman now, she's a beautiful young lady. She paid $2,300 to get uh, buttocks injections. Now, I don't understand the need for this, basically. I know everybody's big butts are the thing now. Kardashian is very famous because of her big butt. If you saw Amy Schumer recently, she did a great parody about uh, about women's butts and the fascination with them, basically highlighting the fact that you, you like this thing, you like to rump it around, but this is where my poop comes out was the, was the, the thrust of the joke, and it's well done. Side note, if you're not watching her show, you should really start. Her show is, is amazing. It's really funny. It's probably the... It, it reminds me of, um, like, since Chappelle's show, there hasn't been a show on Comedy Central like that, which uh, it's just every week, just nailing it, hitting it on the mark every week, really topical, really funny, really smart satire, uh, just really funny to watch. But anyway, back to this poor woman. She had two kids, two daughters, age seven and eight. She says, you know what? I'm going to get my ass injected with some shit or whatever. Uh, it's just, it's bad, right? She went to this Corpos Health and Aesthetics Center, paid 2300 bucks, right? She paid cash. They pumped it up. Uh, moments later, she staggered into a parking lot, appearing disoriented, cold, trembling, despite the hot weather. Uh, basically, she was in big trouble. She called 911. She went to the hospital, uh, never told the doctors about the butt surgery, which I'm sure is very helpful, and later she died. So, you, you don't know what's going on. I mean, th these people can be unregulated. Uh, they're, they're cutting you open. What are they injecting into your ass? There have been stories, especially of the butt implant variety. A guy was, was busted uh, what, last year, I think, he was injecting fix-a-flat and rubber cement. So you don't... Who knows what these guys are doing? Is it really worth it? Is a big ass that worth it? Can you imagine the problems we're having? Can you imagine 100 years ago if you told somebody... Yeah, 100 years in the future, um, people are going to go get surgery to make themselves bigger in their ass... To make their asses bigger and fatter. Yeah, we're, gonna, we're not going to... We're not going to just gain weight the old-fashioned way by eating, eating a lot of uh, meat or whatever. Um, yeah, and also there's going to be people 100 years from now who... Um, who eat food and then puke it up. Yep, that's we do that. And people also, oh, I know, people who are depressed actually um, cut themselves and, and bleed so they can you know feel things. You imagine 100 years ago, a guy's like, I'm looking for running water, indoor plumbing, and I, yeah, I want to live past my 53rd birthday. That's that's my biggest problem. I think he was, you guys got it pretty good back in in the future of 2015. That, that's uh, You guys are doing okay. I can't imagine this shit. Uh, it's just another sad story, and I wish people would just, you know, if you stop doing this, you put these people out of business. Uh, I got to move on. Move on to uh, the, probably the, the, the greatest story I've ever heard. Now, we, we've talked on this show many times about Japan. I love Japan. I've always wanted to visit Japan. It seems like an amazing place to go. 
I've also mentioned how Japan is probably one of the most fucked up places on the planet. Um, from the the fascination with Hello Kitty to the used panty vending machines, they're they're brilliant people. Don't get me wrong; they've got a, a lot of really innovative. Um, you know, people laugh when they started making cars in the '60s, and look what happened. They came around; they just kicked kicked the shit out of American car makers. Their innovation is really Sony is there, and Nintendo. Uh, just a lot of great stuff comes from Japan. It's not that big a place. And they've suffered their share of, of, of problems over the years. I mean, we just had the, the earthquake tsunami a couple years ago, the Fukushima. A lot of things just happen, and they're very resilient. They bounce back. They keep bouncing back. And, well, uh, in, the, in the realm of the wacky things they do, have you seen their game shows? Their game shows are freaking insane. Uh, it's just it's one crazy thing after another, a lot of involving humiliation. Um, they're fun to watch. A lot of them on YouTube, you can watch it. You don't know what the hell they're saying, what's going on, but it's just crazy, and it's bizarre. If you ever get a chance, just Google Japanese game shows, watch something. But they came out with one recently, um, which I one could never be done in America, right? But it, it certainly was beyond anything I've ever seen from them. Now, they are credited with having invented uh, karaoke, right? And the karaoke swept swept their country. It's big over here. People love karaoke. You buy a karaoke machine. You go to a bar on karaoke night. Uh, it's a great mixture of people who think they can sing and people who know they can't sing. And they're all sharing the stage at the same time and they're belting out some stupid song, whatever. It's a lot of fun. How do you make that to the next level? Well, in America, what we did, you remember there was a show back about a year or two ago called Killer Karaoke, where you'd have karaoke people performing while things were being done to them. Uh, in, in one memorable one, the one I saw, they, they hooked up shock collars to the people, about six or seven shock collars, and they would shock them during the song while they had them carrying plates of food and trays of food. Really, it's kind of humiliating stuff, but it was it was fun, right? They'd have them walk blindfolded through like cactus patches and things like that, and pulling money off of uh, off of trees while the snake was almost biting them, all while trying to carry a tune. That's what we did in America. Japan was like, you and you, this is what that's all you got. We got a better one. And how do they do? They said, well, a guy would sing. These are all men singers now, and that's going to be important later. They have to get through the karaoke song while a, an attractive woman is actually um, giving them a hand job, a hand job. Try to sing the song whilst getting a handjob. And you have to be able to not waver from your song, carry it out to completion before you carry your, before she carries you to completion, if you know what I'm saying. Can you imagine this? This would never be done in America. I don't even think HBO would try to pull this off, or even the Playboy channel, without being really cheesy. But the Japanese have done this, and you see some of the videos on YouTube, it's fascinating. You see one guy who gets through the whole thing like a champ, which makes me think either the woman wasn't doing very much, or he didn't have a whole lot going on. But other people are struggling, and struggling hilariously. But Now, you can't see them. You can't see what's going on, but you can see very clearly there's a, a curtain in front, of the, um, in front of the singer and the woman. And um, you can see her hand is clearly going to that area and working her magic on the poor schlub who's trying to sing, you know, uh, you know, um, whatever, uh, owner of a lonely heart or something, whilst getting his genitalia manipulated. It's brilliant. But again, with the level of screwed up things that comes out of Japan, I, I was forced, I have to wonder, uh, were they like this prior to World War II? I don't know enough about Japanese history to know that. It's possible they were, but it wasn't as, as open and, and visible as it is now. And if they weren't, it begs the question, what was in those bombs that we dropped in 1945? Now let's remember this. Those bombs were dropped in 1945. That was like just beyond the beta testing. They might, what they had like three tests they, they did in the, in the desert somewhere before they decided, let's get this done so we can get this war over with. So think about it. 
you wouldn't buy Windows version on their second beta, right? There's going to be loaded with bugs. So you have to think maybe these things that they dropped out there had some other things wrong with them. And the side effect could be, uh, well, it could be twofold. It could be, number one, you created a society which is into a lot of wacky things, a lot of wacky sexual things, a lot of some deviant, serious deviant shit. Uh, it creates anime, which is on its own level of screwed upness. They're also brilliantly innovative. Um, Nintendo, like I said, Sony, Toyota, all these ama- amazing things. They were very innovative and, and made, made good products better. So it's a trade-off, right? So I'm not saying we should try to replicate that experience in America. I'm not saying we should, but uh, it, it, it stands to reason that if if a bomb was dropped uh, on a country twice and the residual effects within 60, 70 years is wildly successfully people, innovative people, smart people, with a little bit of a side order of wacky fucked up people, I think the innovative people may outweigh the fucked up people, which makes the possible thought, hey, what happened if you take the lowest ranked state in the Union of America, the educationally ranked, and I'm, I'm looking at you, Alabama, Mississippi, you guys fight it out, it's usually, usually between you two to decide who gets to be 50 on the education list, I'm not saying we discreetly throw a bomb out there somewhere, see what happens, 50, 60 years, kids in Alabama, the first people who perish, well, they're heroes, they're the martyred, they're the heroes, they're, they're taking one for the team, they're sacrificing themselves for the greater good, but the ones that survive, and then breed, and then later on, 50 years down the road, where the greatest technological innovations of the 21st century are coming out of the new American South. Well, then, my friend, America wins. I'm not saying it's something we should do. Just throwing it out there as a possibility. Think about it, people. Think about it. And we'll get back to me later. Time for the parting shot, where normally... um, what we do in the show in Parting Shot is where I try to recommend something which I think is cool. Something I think you, the listeners, would like. Something, something I enjoy that I feel you enjoy. A uh, bit of a departure this time. Um, if I could just get serious for a moment. Um, you know, we live in America. At least I do. I think most of my listeners do. Not sure, but if you listen to us from somewhere outside of America, um, I'm in America. And I love America. But... You know, over the years, America has done some things which uh, you know we're not we're not proud of. It, it's it happens to all countries. I mean, everybody's got something in their past um, they're not particularly proud of. Something that um, you know, hopefully we we own up to it, we face up to it, we we admit we made a mistake. Slavery comes to mind. I mean, America for a long time, slavery was legal. Uh, we righted that wrong. Um, other things like civil rights. You know, maybe not giving civil rights to certain groups of people, specifically the blacks, uh, over the years tried to correct that. At least we have, you know, I think we've done a, a good job. There's still ways, ways to go on some of these things. Um, you know, certain certain wars that were fought, maybe going into war without really legitimate reasons. A lot of people died. A lot of bad things happened. But uh, the only thing, a lot of those things, none of those, of the things I listed anyway, none of those happened on my watch. That is to say, I wasn't around when a lot of this stuff happened, so I don't really feel a generational responsibility for those things. Um, you know, if people who were around, not to say that you were around, it was your fault. There were certainly some very, probably lovely German people who were alive during the uh, rise of the Third Reich, and you can't blame them for what happened. They were there, but they weren't to blame. Maybe you can say they took a passive role, didn't do enough to prevent it, but maybe a lot of people didn't have a choice. Uh, but there's one blot on American history, which uh, later darkened the world 
to an extent. Um, that did happen on my watch. It did happen during my lifetime. I'm talking, of course, about disco. Now, disco, uh, for those of you who look at back at it now, maybe you weren't around back then, and it seems like it was such a fun time. And then you watch a dance show or something, and you'll see a disco number, you're like, that, that just looks like a lot of fun. Look how much fun they're having. They're spinning and dancing and singing, and it's wonderful. Uh, it, it was horrible. It was none of those things. Um, disco came along and took, basically, took anything that funk music was providing in the 70s, uh, the, the dirty, nasty part of funk, and the... Uh, wonderful elements of soul music, which if you listen to this show, you know I really love both of those things. I like 70s funk and 70s soul. What happened was those things were morphed and mutated and bastardized and destroyed by a process called disco. Uh, and, and disco was short, not necessarily sweet. Uh, basically, in my opinion, it sanitized a really nasty form of dance music and turned it into this uh, white bread, coke-addled crap, for the most part. Um... And you couldn't swing a dead cat without hearing a disco tune. Even even tunes you liked that were given a disco beat. All the commercials on TV were given a disco thing. And uh, you know, thankfully, it did. It burned out quickly. Mostly because uh, at that time, you know, kids, cocaine was considered safe back then. And uh, a lot of people did a lot of coke. And a lot of things happened. A lot of bad things happened. And and the music sort of um, petered out. And uh, for that, we're very grateful. But I came across this, and this reminded me because I was playing a game in my house with my with my with my son uh it was a, it was a dvd game a name that tune 80s edition now you're saying johnny this is the 80s what does that have to do with disco well disco tailed off during the 80s so this is the very end of disco as it morphed into other things you know but this particular game um a dvd game which is pretty cool if you play it because it me as a child uh well it came of age in the 80s musically a lot of uh, songs that, are, that on that DVD in that game I, I'm very well familiar with. And I do very well at that game, especially the question and answer portion. But one video came up uh, during the course of the game. It was, it, was, it was a name that tune section where either you had to name the song or look at a detail in the video, whatever the, whatever the, the premise of the question was. Uh, it was this song, by the way. Uh, when I first saw the video, I, it looked like I goes, is, is that someone's grandmother? This is an old-looking woman. This woman looks to be um, probably in, in her mid to late 40s. Now, uh, th not to say that people have, who have that kind of talent, if you have talent, no matter what you are, if you can sing, you can sing. But I listened to this song again, and I realized this was a, this was a massive hit. Uh, let's just, just play a little of it now. You'll hear it in the background. Yeah, the song is uh, I, I Love the Nightlife by um, a woman named Alicia Bridges. And when the video came on, it looked like, like I said, it looked like an older woman. Um, the singing to me wasn't necessarily good. The song was horrible. I hated it. And I, I felt, in retrospect, uh, with my son playing the game with me, who's not of that generation, who's not even of this generation, he was born in the 90s, I felt the need to, um, to take some ownership that this happened on my watch in my lifetime. And I said, I said, son, as I looked deeply into his eyes, son, son, this what you're seeing, this happened, and my generation let it happen. And and for that you, you have my heartfelt utmost apology. I can't I can't make it up to you. I, there's nothing I can do about this. This is already out there. This happened. It, it, we got We move past it. We have to get past it. We look at this as a dark spot in American history, a blotter, a, a black mark, if you will. We move on to bigger and better things. Now, go get out your Pearl Jam CDs and let's play those. If you really want to get into some dance music, 
I'll play you some funk. Matter of fact, I'm going to take you out on some real funk music that uh, should have been much bigger than it was. But that's the parting shot this week, modified into an apology. Again, to everybody around the planet, I'm sorry. See you next time. If you want to reach the show, you can hit me on Twitter, at Bish24. Also, email the show, xfiddle, E-X-F-I-D-D-L-E, at gmail.com. Uh, I, I can't. This is all I have. I'm sorry. Um, until next time, be well, be strong, and go get the funk. Adios. Adios.